I speak to you in the name of the living God, blessed Trinity, and lover of your souls. Amen. So what's your perspective on perspectives? Hmm? Do you tend to keep to your own, your own way of seeing things? Or do you do what Atticus Finch recommends in that classic story to kill a mockingbird? When he says to his daughter, climb into someone else's skin, and walk around in it. You never really understand a person until you consider things from their point of view. Perspective. One person is stranded on a desert island and sees a boat in a distance. To them, it's a sign of hope that they'll be rescued and returned to their homeland. Another person has been drifting on that boat for days and seeing land for the first time is a sign of hope for food and life and civilization for them. A hungry shark wades in the water between two people in search of food and sees a couple of possibilities for dinner. Perspective. It's that particular way that we each consider something. Think about a situation or a problem and utilize the wisdom and the reason that we have available to us to shape our opinions and make decisions. Perspective is our particular way of viewing things. And our view depends on our individual experience and personality. Multiple perspectives of a single moment can each be accurate but the full picture is not accessible until all the available perspectives come together. In today's Old Testament reading, we are offered two perspectives. In the story about Moses' mountain meeting with God. The first perspective is Moses'. He is the leader of the Israelite people. He was placed there by God to whom Moses answers. So when God says, come on up the mountain, Moses, and wait for a while, I'm going to give you the commandments for the people, Moses does this. And like a good leader, he leaves those stiff-necked people of Israel in the trustworthy hands of his colleague, Hur, and his brother, Aaron, while he's away on business. Moses ascends the mountain, and when he reaches the top, a cloud covers him. The second perspective is from the people. They're at the bottom of the mountain. They're looking up. Moses just left them, and he left two schmucks in charge. <laughs> Moses said he had to go up the mountain because God talked to him again. Mm -hmm. And now he's been up there six days, and the anxiety level down here keeps increasing, and it's hitting maximum overload. The moment the people notice that that cloud around Moses is starting to look like a devouring fire. It's a fire that burns for over a month. Still no sign of Moses. We will get a third perspective later on in this story that will be from her and from Aaron, the leaders left behind. They believed Moses, that Moses heard from God, and that's why Moses is up on that mountain. They're just worried they're not going to be able to keep the people happy while Moses is away. 
And without Moses' perspective from whatever's happening on the top of that mountain, who all chaos is just breaking loose underneath between the leaders and the people. Within a few chapters, we all probably know the story about what happens. Moses comes down the mountain with the law written on those famous two stone tablets, which he smashes when he sees that the people are worshiping a golden calf. When all the perspectives finally come together, it's too late. Damage has already been done. Decisions have been made out of singular perspectives, and the relationships are now irreparably broken. This word, perspective, comes to us in English from the Latin root, which means to look closely at something. Perspective is to look closely at something. So by its very nature, to have a perspective is to see something short-sightedly, like looking through a keyhole. So the only way to gain a full sense of the, the big picture is to have multiple perspectives and put all those small puzzle pieces together. And that's why perspective can be so dangerous if we only stick with the one that we have. Perhaps that's why our politics have become so polarized, our churches divided, our communities so insular. We don't have enough perspectives to bring us all together. Can you think of a time in your life when you focus so hard on your one perspective about a situation and it led you down a destructive path? Living out of one perspective is sometimes described in psychology as cognitive distortion. It can be linked to anxiety and depression. Imagine this scenario. I'm sure it's never happened to anyone here. You go to church, and your church friend who always says hello to you and greets you with a warm smile just walks right past you, lowers their head as they do, doesn't even acknowledge you. If you're already in a bad mood, or you're stressed from experiences earlier in the week or the day, you might interpret that your church friend was ignoring you, was upset with you. In turn, you might become more irritable or hurt, didn't you notice how terrible the music was today? You may say to someone at coffee hour who smiles briefly and walks away. Trinity people are just rude, you think to yourself as you storm off. Now instead, imagine it's the same Sunday, but you wake up in a fabulous mood. You're feeling peaceful and content, and when you notice your church friend walking past you without acknowledging you, you wonder if they saw you or if they were just preoccupied, maybe even stressed. You might have even noticed that their hand was moving to their jacket pocket as you heard the vibration of a phone that caused them to look down. So you say, oh, well, you go on with your morning. Perhaps you even call out, hello, or attend coffee hour just so you can ask how they're doing. Same situation, very different interpretation, and very different reaction to your own perspective based on your mood. See, mood and perspective, those go hand in hand, and they feed into one another. And it's why we need each other 
to help us break that cycle of our own short-sightedness. Before we make life-changing decisions based on misunderstandings that can lead us to arguments between friends, our colleagues, our spouses, our siblings, or even with God. And that's what happens in the story from Exodus. See, Moses saw a cloud. And the people saw a consuming fire. And this left the stand-in leadership with a predicament. Because until those two perspectives would come together, there was no way to reconcile them. And all those who rejected the leadership of Moses and began worshiping this new God in the form of a golden calf perished. Brene Brown, professor, lecturer, author, known for her research on shame and vulnerability and leadership, talks about perspective this way. She says, our brain, which is wired to protect itself above all else, wants a story. So we rationalize an unexpected situation because we're going to lean towards stories that assume our own vulnerability and live out of a perspective of fear or shame or anger to try to protect ourselves from harm. Here are some of the perspectives we can get stuck in. I'm not lovable. My contribution isn't valued. I'm not understood. I'm not good enough. I'm the problem. I'll never be safe. I won't be cared for. I'm always going to be betrayed. I don't really matter. I imagine that that mob of Israelites were each living out of these perspectives. They lived out of perspectives that assumed their own vulnerability and leadership's inability to support them. Brene Brown teaches that one of the ways to break these false stories we tell ourselves is to simply share the perspective aloud that we're living out of. She says she has to say this to her spouse all the time. The story I'm making up right now is that this thing is happening. And by sharing the story of her perspective, the relationship can now be repaired because by naming her version of the story, she makes room for someone else to do the same. If only the Israelites had enough cell reception to listen to Brene Brown's podcast while Moses was on the mountaintop, I mean, perhaps all of them would have made it to the promised land. But instead, they lived out of their individual perspectives and they perished. And I think that's part of the moral of this story. If we never open ourselves up to seeing the world from more perspectives than just our own, we will lose a lot, maybe even everything. The other moral of the story, I think, can be found in one of the tribes of Israel, the one tribe who maintained a different perspective from the mob, the tribe of Levi. See, they didn't worship the golden calf. And we're not exactly told why they had a different perspective. But I wonder, maybe, maybe they saw what looked like fire on the mountain reminded them a whole lot of that burning bush Moses talked about that was never consumed. 
Or maybe some of the Levites spoke with their fellow Levite Aaron, who was left in charge, and were able to hold multiple possibilities about the situation that was at hand. Whatever happened, the Levites held out in hope. Rather than giving in to despair, they chose to trust God rather than fear that mob, and God blessed them for this. The Levites became the chosen priests of Israel, and even today, still in some synagogues, those from the Levitic lineage are honored as they approach to read Scripture aloud. Living out of one perspective, especially a perspective of shame or anger or fear, leads us to broken relationships with God, with others. It leads to our own demise. But living out of shared, shared perspectives of hope and trust can lead us to a renewed life. What perspectives in your life do you need to broaden your understanding about a relationship today? How might gaining some more, perspe- more perspectives on this help you find a way forward in a situation that seems myopically dire? Without other perspectives, our fearful human nature will always mistake a saving light for a devouring fire and miss the cloud of meeting that God is inviting us to share in together. Even God, God sought a new perspective in order to mend the broken relationship between humanity and the divine. When God climbed into humanity's skin and walked around through Jesus. If God took on another perspective to bring healing in a relationship, Perhaps we too can learn to walk around in another's shoes and consider things from their point of view.